Welcome to the Fandom Fighters Podcast, Episode 3. I am Fern, and I am joined today with my friend Toby. It's me, I'm Toby. I don't say much in the first two episodes. <laughs> I realize that after listening back and uh, editing them, I, like, I get so lost in hearing these stories that like, unless I'm specifically asked a question, I don't say much. So I'm going to try to be more um, <laughs> active in the conversation without interrupting the story too much these times. We'll see how it goes. It could be a lot to process, just being like, oh, that exists? Uh... <laughs> yeah, and this, looking at the show notes for today, within the first, like, three sentences, like, what the fuck is going on now? Um, Especially the way I worded it. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a lot of things that are just like, you, you, I breeze through and, like, one true god shows up and <laughs> relationship delusional. It, there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff today. So today's episode is, there's a bit of a story behind outlining today's episode. I don't know if we want to keep this in, but I'm just gonna say it. I originally was just researching the Snape Wives. And in researching for the Snape Wives episode, I just discovered so much new stuff that had to do with the topic. And so I restructured this entire episode because it was so fascinating. And I I haven't heard of a lot of this stuff. So this was relatively new to me too. Like I had I had encountered it, but I I hadn't fully gone down the rabbit hole into what everything meant. So this was a fun one. <laughs> I yeah, I, I mean, we're titling this one the Snape Wives, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more it's it's like a catch-all for the rest of it. <laughs> I cuz I don't even know what you would call this. Yeah. It's I mean, it's like the parasocial relationships, but it's not mm-hmm. with a content creator, it's with like fictional characters, which I guess are parasocial, but yeah. It's so odd. That mm-hmm. I I don't even know how to, I get it. I've seen people that are like this and like I used to make fun of people like this in my mm-hmm. shittier days, and I, was, I yeah. still probably would, honestly. <laughs> I was, I'll make fun of them in my own head and be like, man, you're weird, but I won't say it out loud right. anymore kind of thing. Right. Okay, so I just, let's dive in, because this, this starts in a weird spot, and it finishes in a weirder spot. Yes, and so I want to, a couple disclaimers. One, as with every topic on this podcast, uh, I am not doing this to make fun of any group of people. Um, I don't want to, like, point at these people and be like, what a bunch of weirdos, because, you know, everybody's a weirdo. Everybody has one thing that other people would probably make fun of them for, uh, and, and people have reasons behind their weirdness you know so i i just love the weirdness and i think it's really interesting and i like thinking about like maybe why somebody would be drawn to this and second disclaimer is that this episode talks about religion i don't think it'll be too heavy but if that's something that you're not interested in or something that might upset you then i would skip this episode yeah, we're we'll save the very heavy religion stuff for the uh, the D and D podcast because that's <laughs> yeah. what, our whole first season is going to be like super uh, uh, religion focused. Thankfully, I've, I've found a way without spoiling anything for that. If you listen to the other podcasts that we make, uh, Morningwood presents. Um, I found a way to to, to balance uh, religion is bad with religion's not bad. <laughs> if that makes Excellent. any sense to people, uh, it, it's going to be a good time but i'm so excited this, for that this, i'm i'm pumped this is gonna get we're i think we start recording that on we might do it saturday we might do it next saturday i haven't decided yet okay. but i'll let everybody know all right so let's, let's start let's with the in. battle of hogwarts yeah so okay first i'm going to pose a question and that is no let me rephrase this hold on I don't want to just be like are you religious oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so From what I know about you, Toby, Uh I think we are kind of similar in that we're not explicitly religious, but like a lot of people our age, I think we kind of unavoidably get into some like spiritualism yeah yeah that's what i was about to say i used to be a hardcore uh atheist uh mm-hmm. <laughs> in same. my edgy same. teens and 20s yeah. and then i was i started thinking about it and i got into the the phase of my life where i'm like man the sun's a fucking nuclear explosion happening all the time and uh signals that travel between 
uh, galaxies, when you look at them at the right point of view, might actually just be like weird space neurons. So I don't right. know like what the fuck's going on. And I'm just going to play video games anymore. Right. <laughs> like, who cares? Believe what you want. There's problematic elements to probably every religion. but Exactly. And like a little background, I have a bag of runes that I, uh, every day when I wake up, or like, not right when I wake up, but at some point before I like get started with my day, I pull out a rune and I look at what the meaning of it is. I'm like, man, how can I apply this to my day? It's not like trying to decide... It, it's such a weird one because it's not like the inherent use of runes as people would understand them. It's more like right. I pulled a random rune out of this bag. What does that mean and how can I apply it to my day? I've taken my own twist on it. So yeah, that's, and that's, like... that's something I like about uh, certain aspects of religion and spiritualism is you can make them so personal to yourself and give it whatever meaning you like. And for me, especially, I think it can be sort of like a way, a safe way to reflect on my own like mental health and well-being. It's almost like a type of self-care yeah. for me. Yeah, I yeah. I was even thinking of starting to like journal like what the rune I pull out is and how how I feel that day so I can look look back and say okay how how am I going through this but I uh, as I've talked about uh, I don't know if we talked about this in the first couple episodes but I don't I want to be like a, a a creative writer but I can't sit down and write out things I can only like make lists and then mm. the second I try <laughs> yeah. to like, actually sit down and connect the points I'm like I am poor I can't do this right. Like, our brains don't work like that yeah. But ADHD. I'm an orator, so, like, I love telling stories, and I love, like, coming mm -hmm. up with stories on the fly, like, in D&D &D and stuff. I just can't sit down and write them out. It's just, it's yeah. seat of the pants kind of thing with me. Yeah. Right. So that, that uh, really connects to our topic today. I want to start with just talking about a couple things that we see on the internet and in our culture today. And like your runes, I myself have uh, some tarot decks. Specifically, I have this really nice uh, Steven Universe-themed tarot deck. Uh, and that's I've seen a lot of, like, fandom tarot decks and fandom, like, spiritual items, like candles. Yeah. Um, another thing that, that I see is the Battle of Hogwarts trends on Twitter every year, even now that, you know, people are stepping away from Harry Potter. There's still the few holding on. Yeah. And every year on the date that in canon the Battle of Hogwarts happened, people tweet about it to memorialize this fictional event. Yeah, it, it's an odd thing, especially when you consider it's like, hey, all these child soldiers in the story uh, killed a bunch <laughs> of people, and yeah. um, the writer is a transphobe. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, can't forget that part. Harry Potter in dating um, dating apps, like if, if somebody says I'm a Harry Potter fan, it's almost immediately like a, a pass for me. Like, yeah, if, like if a they red have, flag. If they have a lot of like other stuff, like, okay, I like Harry Potter, but I know, I get it. I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. you, you, I'll, I'll give you a chance. Uh, but for the most part, it's like I have, I have two indicators of I don't want to talk to you when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's like I'm a person who, or I, I'm a person who speaks my mind, and I, I I'm blunt. <laughs> I'm like, you're mm -hmm. just probably racist and don't want to say you're yeah. racist. And then yes. two, it's like Harry Potter for life. And then, or if they have like specifically, like if they have the Death Eater tattoo, I'm like, wow, you're a Nazi. Oh. I get it. That's, yeah, that's fucked up. exactly. Like, oh, I, especially people, and I'm probably going to offend some people with this, but it's like, come on, we're approaching 30. Um, <laughs> people who really um, identify with, like, Slytherin from Harry Potter. Yeah. Where they're like, I'm a, I'm a Slytherin. It's like, you're the house that produces all of the evil wizards. And you like, know, that, that's also, as a, as a creative, that is a, uh, an odd thing to say, uh, or not an odd thing to say, it's like an odd thing to think about, where the, the houses in Harry Potter are not inherently like a bad thing, and they make yeah. sense from a, like a standpoint of like, oh, this is a magical world, and certain like sorts of magic, like uh, the, your personality defines the magic that you cast in Harry Potter to a certain extent, as far as I'm aware of it, because the fucking rules of magic in Harry Potter don't make any goddamn sense, because it's uh -huh. just bullshit. But like from like a D&D &D standpoint, it... it where like magic has more rules and there's power exchanges and stuff. You can fit the 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 Harry Potter houses into a lot of different worlds and they're cool and they make sense. They're just so poorly executed in the fiction that they were created in. Yeah, and... like uh she did she really was just like um brave, smart, evil, 
and then the other ones <laughs> yeah well and that's something too it's like P- hufflepuffs do get bullied a lot but it's like hufflepuff is to me the most endearing one because it's the most human one it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. everybody's that's in hufflepuff's like yeah i'm just like a cool person i'm like a good friend and the other one's like i want to use magic to control the world and shit and it's like uh-huh. hufflepuff's just like being people it's it's the most relatable one to me I used to be pretty proud of being a Hufflepuff back in my Harry Potter days. I I would no longer put it on anything like dating apps, but (laughs) it is, uh, you know... And I, I do like how, um, like, there are queer and trans um, fans of Harry Potter who've kind of reclaimed it, uh, so I definitely give people like that a pass. Not that it's up to me, but there are ways that you can consume media in a smart and healthy way uh but i just feel like the majority of like cishet white people on dating apps who have their harry potter house in their bio are are not doing that <laughs> yeah it, it's a lot <laughs> it's just a yeah. lot to deal with yeah uh, but moving on yeah so um we're gonna talk about elder scrolls and D pantheons which are you would think i would know a lot about the D pantheons I don't. <laughs> I, I ignore them almost completely and always make up my own as I'm going. <laughs> That's uh, funny. I, I've i looked them up and like I've played some Elder Scrolls games too, so I'm mm-hmm. not like uh, ultra familiar with them, but uh, I do know that they tend to draw a lot from like real life religions. Yes. Yeah. They're... And, and parallel real life religions. Uh, multi-theistic religions yes that's that was exactly what i was going to say is that uh, most of D there there's i don't think there's any monotheistic um cultures in uh D really not not off the top of my head at least huh, and that's interesting it, it's it's always like a pantheon situation and or pantheon and or animistic where it's like spirits um right. which is my general go-to for creating stuff because it's early days and uh you know nobody's really like settling into the monotheistic like even in the the new campaign running that's heavily religious the main religion of like the sun worshipers aren't even they aren't even monotheistic they're just like hey this is our main guy uh the sun we love everything else too it's just we focus Mm. on the sun a lot because it's it's the coolest (laughs) and and elder scrolls is especially interesting because it, it it covers like it is kind of a weirdly monotheistic but also animistic Thing because a lot mm. of the what you'd consider gods are getting into like the backstory of elder scrolls it it the gods in it know that they're in a video game in a certain way it's what? such a weird yeah we'll have to do a whole thing on that but there's there's like a absolutely. book absolutely there there's a book and i think morrowind i i might be misrepresenting a little bit but it's like basically like it talks about this stuff like oh i broke through the veil and all these things and it's basically like the the character that wrote the book got through the debug console and started cheating yeah it's it's pretty insane i'll have to get i'll compile something for this it's very cool i have no idea how i didn't know that Mm -hmm. we've got to talk about that it's it's very interesting because it it makes sense in the lore and it's such a cool thing to explore and and what it is all right so we're, we're moving on to pop culture paganism talking about the elder scrolls yes so that's gonna be the overarching topic of today is how um non-traditional religions and and like dabbling in spiritualism i feel like have been on the rise as people younger people have moved away from christianity especially and the religions that they were raised with so according to the fan lore wiki pop culture paganism is an umbrella term for the transformative use of media in pagan customs and rituals pop culture paganism covers a wide variety of activities such as revering book or film characters as deities using pop culture figures in religious rituals and media practicing religions or worshiping deity pantheons depicted in pop culture media or simply depicting traditional deities as they appear in pop culture media. The consumption and creation of fanish media such as fanfiction and fan crafts can also be an important part of a pop culture pagan's practice. And I read this going through the Snape Wives rabbit hole and I was fascinated. I was like, you know what? I have seen this on the internet. I have as well. And it my younger atheistic self would be like oh this is bullshit but nowadays i'm just like oh yeah i get it that, that's cool you can do whatever you want <laughs> like it, it like 
practice whatever you really want as long as you're not hurting somebody else like this next part <laughs> we're gonna cover for a second as long as you're right. not hurting anybody you're cool uh and it, it reminds me of a little thing like the thing that got me into uh wanting to get runes was noticing nature patterns um, mm-hmm. which I, for a long time, I walked to work and, uh, it's only like a mile. So it wasn't too bad or anything, but I walked to work back forward and back every day. Um, a total of two mile walk, you know, not bragging or anything. I'm just a little, I'm <laughs> like, I'm a little better off for it now. It's just saying, uh, but I, I, there was one like summer night where I noticed like a lot of spider webs, uh, everywhere. And I was like, man, that I'm like noticing these spider webs specifically in spots where I'm looking. Um, what does that mean so i looked it up when i got to work and it's like oh yeah you're just like you're noticing these and it's like kind of linked to wanting to get more creative and stuff i was like you know what i have been wanting to get more into writing and actually finishing something that i've written uh never actually did that but i wanted to and that's why i noticed (laughs) the patterns and that's what got me into rune readings like these are like random patterns that you can interpret that's super cool and you know that's funny that you say that and it's funny that we're recording this episode today because last night i had a dream where i my grandpa was in it uh and he passed away a couple years ago and i've always felt like he has sent me like signs uh and i even remember like right after it happened I saw just like so many signs and this was at a time where I was way more skeptical and it almost felt like he knew that I would need to be bombarded with evidence that it was him in order to believe it. Uh, And so last night I had a dream where he came to me and he was like, I've been sending you signs. I think you noticed. Oh, Uh, that's, that's, yeah. It was really cool. And now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, and I'm recording my pop culture paganism yeah. episode today yeah so. it's very very yeah we uh put off recording this like a couple days a because i've been working so much and b because uh-huh. the one time i was like hey we can record this we recorded our other show uh yeah. <laughs> the D one and we couldn't even record that full because i had to work so much uh-huh. um, stupid capitalism getting in the exactly. way of our podcasts that's why when we eventually get a patreon you have to support it so we can record on time yes please (laughs) all right so Um, back on topic the next mm -hmm. thing in the notes is something that i have seen but i don't remember Mm -hmm. it's a it says blog posts like how to curse someone in minecraft and which steven universe diamond court do you belong to and the first part is nonsense. <laughs> it's how to curse someone <laughs> in Minecraft. It's it's like I said, you don't hurt people. You don't want to be yeah. cursing anybody ever. It's curses are bad in in yeah. almost all like sensible spiritualistic practices. If you curse someone, you're also cursing yourself in the process. Right. Like you you have to give up something to hurt somebody else. Which you know if you have the talking in D and D terms, if you got the material components, <laughs> you go ahead, uh-huh. I guess. But I I would never uh, wish. Uh, harm on someone else especially through such a wonderful medium that is minecraft if Um, you curse someone in minecraft do you then um get the you know the blowback of the curse on yourself or on your minecraft character uh you know because the minecraft character doesn't have agency i would say you would get it on yourself i think so yeah yeah but minecraft is simply the medium through which the curse is sent minecraft is the medium that's that's correct the next part though (laughs) which steven universe diamond court you belong to is kind of neat it's another exploration of like personality uh personality tables for lack of a better term Um, yeah so what what i wanted to get at with examples like like the second one mostly um and with the examples of the steven universe tarot deck and stuff like that is so many of us do tiny things that could be considered pop culture paganism you know you hear you hear the definition and you're like what a bunch of weirdos you know who who's doing that but if you sit and think about it so many of us have little practices that we do whether it's you know having a steven universe tarot deck or visiting a blog about the skyrim gods or there's so many little things that you could consider pop culture paganism and then some people take it to an even bigger uh degree like having blogs uh where they detail spells that have to do with pop culture um, and how to incorporate them into your life. I saw one that was like uh, 
how to gain the strength of Captain America. Uh, and they weren't saying that you were actually going to be as strong as Captain America, but they were sort of using Captain America as like this, this deity that represented strength to such a degree that you could look up to somebody like that. Like, I want to take that into my life and be strong like Captain America. It's interesting that you bring up Captain America because he's my favorite um, Marvel character. Uh, really? Yeah. He's the only one that I know, like, nothing about. Yeah, he he's such a cool character. Um, Captain America as Steve Rogers and then as the new Captain America. It's not John Walker. John Walker is the bad one. It's uh, The actor? No, it's not the actor. It's... Oh. I can't remember the Falcon's name. <laughs> um... I, this is a problem for me. I always... Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson. Okay. Mm. So I'm going to leave all that in because I'm a uh, fool for names, <laughs> basically. I'll cut out <laughs> yeah. some of it. But um, yeah, it's it's a thing where like just the embodiment of like what should be the American spirit. And a lot of people will take it like, oh, Captain America is like propaganda, uh, which is kind of true on the surface. But then mm. at literally all the good Captain America is like, hey, you're not being uh, like cool. So stop it. it it's always <laughs> like... Uh, standing up to bullies and going against the general ideas that people have, like fighting against racism and all all that, especially like through the new uh, Captain America or Falcon and Winter Soldier, where Sam Wilson becomes mm. Captain America. Sorry, spoilers, but it's been out for a while, and we live <laughs> in a binge culture. So if you haven't seen it, uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's it's been spoiled everywhere. I don't feel too bad about spoilers for that kind of thing. Uh huh. Um, and everybody kind of knew it already, anyways. It's it was gonna be the right haven't the comics been out for like years yeah and they follow the the marvel cinematic universe follows it pretty uh tightly but yeah the, the idea of captain america as a symbol which is explored in falcon and winter soldier is also kind of into this it's such a weird thing it's it's pop culture paganism in pop culture because the the bad guy like not even the bad guy the he's a, a decent anti-hero antagonist uh i say very loosely the word decent in that uh john walker <laughs> is um Basically, like, after Steve Rogers uh, is Captain America, uh, Falcon continues being Falcon, and he gives a shield back, and that's, just, like, the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. And they name a new Captain America, the, the U.S. government does. Um, Interesting. And he's, like, he's a, a veteran. He, right, I don't even think he's, I don't know what the, he, I guess he would be a veteran. I don't think he's an active duty at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I may be completely wrong. But he he's a, he's a soldier or a Marine, and... You know, he does embody, like, a lot of the traditional, like, blonde hair, blue-eyed American ideals. Right. And you, he becomes an antagonist through the end of it, and he becomes the U.S. agent, which is, like, kind of an anti-hero, mostly just a dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, he took on the mantle of Captain America, and, like, through that gained power, and that power goes to his head. Um, mm. So it, Which it, is a pretty timely storyline yeah exactly for them to do it's funny because i had i was one of those people who kind of assumed like captain america is fucking american propaganda but at the same time like i i uh, it's kind of like those cops who like think that the punisher is like yeah (laughs) a cop uh pro cop comic and if you actually read it it's like not that absolutely not (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, and then the lady that writes it is super gay (laughs) like super queer lady right in the punisher comics very good um ben no even in the first captain america movie he's very anti uh propaganda and like they they give him the super soldier serum which i wish i could get because i need to be strong very quickly (laughs) uh but they give him that and then they like send him just to do propaganda stuff and that's it and then he like takes it into his own hands to go and do like some good during the war wow but you know i guess i have to actually watch that movie now it's older and more boring of the marvel movies but i still love it because like i said captain america is my favorite i wouldn't say i do pop culture pop culture paganism towards him yeah, but you're I, not like I like it was very interesting that you brought that up as the first thing because it's like it, it's a window into me understanding where it's coming from. Um, yeah, and it's funny Marvel uh just because of the way some of the comics go and some of the characters, Marvel is a a really big um Marvel is a really big topic in pop culture paganism and yeah. uh lost my train of thought on that but it's fine it's a a big topic in pop culture paganism which makes sense because a lot of their characters either are drawn from or become pantheistic and uh yes like like thor and loki and all them which we get into Mm -hmm. a little bit we will get into that a lot and um um, 
but like the the Norse pantheon. But there's also other pantheistic uh, characters and some that become pantheistic in like offshoots and their own stories. And it, it's always crazy. It, it, trying to follow the path lines of some comics is just almost pointless because it, like it doesn't matter. But <laughs> it's it oh just God, it, yeah. you get to a point where it's like oh none of that mattered because it got undone by this comic. Whoops. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I was reading about a comic the other day where uh, one of the storylines was that he gets sent back into the past and he gets to choose whether he uh, like goes through his like those years knowing what he knows or if he goes back to his timeline and then he goes back to his timeline and like so much stuff is undone and I'm just like that's that's a lot. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> that happens to the Flash a lot. <laughs> like oh, I can imagine. You know, uh, so so. It's interesting to talk about any sort of worship or practice because you get into the topic of whether uh, things are real or not. And mm -hmm. it's so interesting to talk about that kind of thing because in the end of the day, if you like go home like, hey, uh, you, you sit down at your uh, Captain America shrine, you're like, hey, Cap, I had a rough day. <laughs> I need some guidance, and then you know you 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 think for a minute like, oh, Captain America tells me just keep being cool. Uh, <laughs> in the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to me yeah, it's personally. Not hurting it's not hurting anybody. anybody if if it's helping you, you know, good for you. If you as long as you realize that like it, it's part of like an introspection thing, uh, you you start running into trouble when you start thinking that Captain America is your friend. Um, yeah, where we get back into the parasocial relationships of things, but you can also. Without trying to rile too many people up, uh, especially in America here, you get into, there are people that are definitely in a parasocial relationship with Jesus, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's very, very weird. Yeah, and it's that brings up like an interesting thought experiment where it's like there are people who would judge people for for you know being a Snape wife or for practicing any type of pop culture paganism. It's like that's not real. And it's like, well, you get upset when people argue with you that your god isn't real. And yeah, they have different origins, but like, who's to say that, you know, certain ancient religions at the time that they were conceived weren't pop culture paganism it's to the cultures that, you know, were practicing them? Yeah, exactly. Like, the Bible is a collection of stories. Like, it's, right. it's, the, it's like an MCU crossover, the Bible. People don't realize that unless you actually read <laughs> into it. It's like, wait a second. This guy's showing up in this part now. Hold on. Uh -huh. it, it's very funny that people don't get that. <laughs> it's... Yeah, you could almost, and uh, again, I don't want to offend anybody, uh, and I don't mean to, but I feel like you could almost argue that the Bible is fan fiction. Yeah, I mean, te technically it is. It, it, it's such a weird thing to think about, especially with like the controversy of how many times, like, the English Bibles have been translated and who translated them and for what reason and what they added and what they took out. And that's it, just a completely crazy theistic, um, or not theistic, uh, theological debate that, that it's way too big to cover in our <laughs> podcast. We're just going to, uh -huh. we're going to move on to um, and, something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's also a, a controversy with pop culture paganism with some pagans denounce pop culture paganism because it it doesn't have ties to like ancient cultures like quote real paganism does and it can make their version of paganism which is already kind of struggling for validity in popular culture look bad so a lot of them argue for a change in the name of pop culture paganism and they they would prefer for it to be called pop culture religion so that it has no ties to paganism which i think is is fine um and i i think a lot of pagans will then go really hard into making fun of pop culture pagans um just because they have been made fun of or singled out uh for their practices uh, so they're like, okay, well, I, I do this, but at least I'm not that person. You know, they're like, at least I'm not a Snape wife. So I'm more valid than they are. And I, I get where that comes from. Uh, but I just think at the end of the day, it does more harm than good. Yeah, yeah, it, it's absolutely 
a more harm than good situation. I, I was just stuck thinking of like, why wouldn't they just call it pop culture worship instead? That just makes more sense yeah. than pop culture religion. <laughs> I just got stuck in loops like, man, that makes a lot more sense. And it's not a religion focused on pop culture. It's it's worship focused on pop culture. That's just, that's like uh, semantics. So Yeah, and I do think that pop culture worship as a catch-all term would make a lot more sense. I don't know why they feel the need to kind of squish it in with paganism when it doesn't need to be, but maybe the people who practice it feel that linking it to paganism lends it more validity. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> There's I, so much that you can get into with, with the semantics of all of this. I am not super into paganism. I don't know a lot of the discourse going on. I kind of always assumed it was kind of like a more anarchic religion. Where you just kind of worshipped what you needed to, and some people had like some people worship Loki, and other people worship uh, other, you know, whatever. Like that, not not Marvel Loki, which I know right. people are worshiping Marvel Loki, but uh-huh. like worshiping, they have shrines to different um, deities or spirits, whatever has drawn them in, and it, it's I don't know, it, it's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 too much. We're so focused on like defining everything that sometimes you just don't need to it's right we forget that language is a limiting factor as much as it Mm -hmm. is a a helper in things Um, i think some people are are looking so hard for community that they're drawing too many lines yeah that's that happens a lot so this is our newest segment on the podcast i'm going to call it fandom term origin segment no i'm not that sounds horrible Let's call it fandom etymology. There we go, yeah. That works much better. Um, So our first word, we're going to start out simple. Uh, We're going to start with the word ship. Um, And from an etymological standpoint, it might seem obvious that it comes from the word relationship. Uh, But I think it's really interesting to dive a little deeper and figure out exactly where this term in fandom came from. Um, And it was coined on the internet in the 90s uh, due to the X-Files. If you watched the X-Files in the 90s, or even today, I think it's on Netflix, uh, you'll know that there's a lot of unresolved sexual tension between the main characters, Mulder and Scully, who also, side note, were my bisexual awakening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's for a lot of people. Uh And uh, fans really wanted them to be involved in a romantic relationship. And these these fans called themselves relationshippers uh, on the internet. Uh, and then eventually this was whittled down to shippers and using the term ship like we do today. It's, it's super interesting. I, I didn't know that it started with the X-Files. And, it you know, there there's always cases in etymology where it's like, oh, this is the obvious point where... Uh, it starts from, like you said, in the, comes from relationship, and then you get the little curveball. There might also be like another curveball we don't even know about. It, it's yeah. super, you know, maybe the relationship or thing came from something else first. Because like you can go back to like um, Sherlock days, like when Sherlock was first <laughs> released, where people were doing this sort of fan fiction and stuff. And uh, we've talked about a little bit of like old, like old old fan fictions and old fandoms very briefly before with like H.P. Lovecraft and stuff. Um, actually, did we talk about that on this podcast? Or is that just something we talked about? I don't even remember now. I don't remember, but I do know that in doing research for this podcast, I found that, um, Sherlock Holmes is kind of credited with being one of the first fandoms ever, mm-hmm. yeah, like, it, documented. Because it, it was, like, we'll save it for the episode. We're not going to talk too much about it, because I do know a little <laughs> bit about, like, er, like, the early fandom, um, rise. But also, uh, on an X-Files note, to end this little segment, um, I didn't watch much of the X-Files because I was a child when it came out, and I watched an episode and it made me cry and have nightmares for a week, and I never watched <laughs> it again. So I need to at some I point think, go and watch it. I think, so my aunt is a huge uh, fan of the X-Files, and I think I've said before that she is sort of, I credit her with my uh, fandom awakening, uh, and she, I think I watched episodes of the X-Files with her when I was like probably too little not that it's inappropriate but i think it gave me my first existential crisis because i watched an episode uh where this kid could like 
travel super fast or something and then when he was told that he couldn't use his powers or his powers were taken away or something it just showed the agony of him existing in normal time and how slow it seemed to him and my young brain could not handle that <laughs> that's one of my favorite speedster tropes too I, yeah speeds, like captain america is one of my favorite heroes speedsters are my favorite type of superhero and we'll talk about that at some point in the future so the probably the most infamous example that most of our listeners or some of our listeners would be familiar with uh if they've been on the internet anytime in the last like 10 years are the loki wives uh and these are people who are involved with marvel loki not norse loki though you could argue that marvel loki is norse loki i'm talking about tom hiddleston loki yeah here um this was mostly found on tumblr in the 2010s or you know whenever loki first appeared in the marvel cinematic universe do you know when that is was it thor the first yeah it thor was movie? the first thor movie okay i believe I, I could be completely wrong now that we say that but um i i believe he loki was in the first thor movie uh he may have been it, hinted at in some of the earlier ones but you know it's funny because i saw a, a post that was um Looking back in a, at an article that came out before the first Thor movie, uh, and it was talking about how Marvel was casting these unknown actors, uh, Tom Hiddleston and Chris... Chris, is it? Chris Hemsworth. And Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, and that's so funny to look at now, because that movie just launched their acting careers, and now they're like huge actors and like sex symbols e in our culture. Exactly. Um, I've heard some conspiracy theories about how Kevin Feige might be a time traveler that just knows when exactly to release uh, certain things. Um, you know what? I'm I might believe that. <laughs> it, it's all the. That's just a funny little thing. I can't even like begin to search into that. It's just something to yeah, think about. That's hilarious. Um, so the Loki wives were uh, pretty big, pretty outspoken in their love for Loki slash Tom Hiddleston. And I feel like they kind of popularized pop culture paganism. Uh, I feel like these people being this into a character in such a unique way really opened the door for people to be like, huh, this is an interesting thing to implement into my life. Maybe I won't go so hard as to say that I want to be married to a character from a TV show but I feel like this was sort of the rise of these pop culture, like, witchy blogs and communities. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. Especially the weird, like, trickle-down effect of Norse Loki into Marvel Loki. And uh... Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, and it makes sense that it would come from an, a kind of already established deity. Yeah, and the, the the concept of being Loki wives also just kind of makes sense. <laughs> Thinking of Norse Loki, it, right? Like, like I feel like that was probably a thing before yeah. Tom Hiddleston played Loki it, on it's TV. It's definitely something that, um, like Norse Loki, be like, yeah, I just got like two hundred wives, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before the Loki wives, there are the arguably lesser known, though. I feel like if you were on the internet at that time, this would be more known. Uh, but there were the Snape Wives, um, which is kind of what outsiders have called them. Uh, they called themselves Snapists, uh, and they hold created... On. Hold on. <laughs> you can't call yourself a Snapist. That's terrible. There are Snapists. I can't. I cannot... No, I'm gonna bully now. That You cannot call yourself a Snapist. That's just terrible. <laughs> Uh, let's stick with Snape Wives yeah. then. Um, so this was 2006-ish. The last Harry Potter book had just come out, and a lot of people at this time, you know, right before the book came out, people were arguing whether Snape was a good guy or a bad guy. Like, what are his motivations? You know, he'd killed Dumbledore, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, no, they, uh, they did drive-bys about that. I remember that. Uh-huh. And uh, 
people, you know, most people were like, wow, I always knew Snape was going to be a villain. But then on the other side, there were people who were like, no, I think there's there's something going on here, and I think he was probably working with Dumbledore. Uh, turns out those people were right. And when the last book came out, a lot of people, you know, flipped the script, and they were like, Snape is a, a sympathetic character, he was motivated by love, which is just so pure. There were a lot of Snape uh, apologists. No, I'm not going to say that. There, there were Snape apologists. You're right. I'm leaving that in. Absolutely. Uh, okay. There, there, there were a is... lot of Snape apologists back <laughs> in the day. Because that's actually completely um, accurate to what happened. Snape was not a good person. <laughs> he was a Nazi. For a long time, he yeah. was like a magic Nazi. He was the Death Eaters, and he kept doing that. He kept doing magic Nazi stuff. Like, yeah, and he like didn't the stop. whole reason, the whole reason Lily Potter didn't like Snape uh, and stopped being his friend is because he essentially called her the wizard uh, equivalent of a slur. Yeah, and he also <laughs> he didn't love her. He lusted after the idea of her. He, exactly. Like he never really got to know Lily. It's terrible. He's a bad so... bad person. Nowadays, now that people are reflecting on the source material of Harry Potter a lot more, there are far less Snape apologists, and most of the Snape enthusiasm just comes from uh, Alan Rickman's portrayal and his great acting, yes. um, and people who were horny for Alan Rickman with long black hair. Yeah, <laughs> Alan Rickman was a perfect Snape, and he actually channeled like him being just a shitty person really well, I think. I, yeah, I, and I, I Alan Rickman's the kind of actor who would like look at it and be like, okay, you have presented me with this script and he is a bad person. So from now on, he will always be a bad person and there's no redemption. Even him killing himself in the end is like yeah. barely redemption. And I think he, uh, I think they toned it down a little for the movies too uh, and made it a little more humorous, like his bullying of literal children. Yeah. Uh, when in the books, he was just like making kids cry and he was like Neville's biggest fear. So it, it, he was a little more sympathetic in the movies too. And there's a lot of fans who just never read the books and only uh, like Stan movie Snape. Yeah. Uh, so these these people, you could definitely say they stand Severus Snape. These women, they were all women, believed they could channel Severus Snape, and they believed that they were involved with him romantically, and sort of viewed them as sort of viewed him as their spiritual advisor. Uh, so to them, he was an immortal deity on the astral plane, and. To explain the existence of the Harry Potter books, they claimed that J.K. Rowling channeled him to write them. Like, he told her to write the story from the astral plane. Yeah, something from the astral plane got a little muddled in the process, I think. But I, I can uh -huh. see the thought process. I I get it. I don't agree with any, any part of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think these people were... Um, little a little bored with their daily lives probably probably um, but we'll continue and i'll try not to be a bully anymore i <laughs> i'm still like just this the, this whole section is like activating my mean mean side of me just because it, it, of it can come out mm -hmm. just because of jk rowling and yeah as someone who when, this is such a weird thing to talk about because I, I, I'll talk all the time about being a creative person and never actually making anything. <laughs> so I, like, I don't have any ground to actually stand on, but it's like, if you're going to write canon and then go back and say, oh, but this is actually that, like, you can't do that. If you're going to present yeah. something, you have to present it right the first time or shut up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that we, we should definitely uh, do a whole... Uh, segment about the concept of death of the author um, so we'll get into that someday I think it's a, a little more acceptable to lightly bully when somebody's worshipping a problematic character uh, like yeah, it's, it is a lot easier and, and also uh, there was a little bit of controversy with this other than people just making fun of them because one of these women uh, started posting online about how her devotion to Snape was causing her to not have enough time for her children 
um, and she was saying that she needed to leave her religion and that Snape wasn't right for her because she needed to take care of her kids. And it's like, uh, yeah, I think if you're, uh, I think if your devotion to a fictional character is getting in the way of your parenting, that's when you know you need to put it down. Oh, this is super interesting, actually, because, like, uh, there, there is, like, a weird example of this, and you're gonna have to follow my train of thought here. Um, okay. have you ever played The Binding of Isaac or seen anybody play it? I've watched people stream it. Okay. So in that in that game, the mother of Isaac, uh, basically, um, this is a, such a weird train of thought, but she like she uh, she goes to kill Isaac like in the uh, classical bib- biblical story because mm-hmm. she's watching like a TV um, evangelist, uh, and that kind of this, interesting. This part just made me think of the well, the binding of Isaac was like what terrible things could have happened. To, to children because of Snape. <laughs> oh no! I know that it just a weird connection. It's like people do some Which, you know, terrible things for like developed religion. I can't imagine some unhinged Snape wife doing some weird shit to their child. Yeah, which is you know weirdly in line with his philosophy. Exactly. In canon, yeah, so. <laughs> that's that's the thing that got me. I was like, oh no, I yeah, I cannot. But other than that, mostly what was going on with the Snape wives was uh, people making fun of their devotion. Uh, They called him Master. They saw him as the one true god. And there were at least three big-name Snape wives who all viewed themselves as sister wives of Snape. One of them, who called herself Lady Darkness, posted marriage vows to him on her live journal and allegedly posted photos of her real-life Snape shrine, but those have been lost to time, unfortunately. So there's no saying if, if they were real, but I have read accounts of people who claim to have seen the photos i would love to see that but i would also hate to see that i know i as with all things that we're going to cover in this show there's going to come a point where i'm like i wonder who a believed this and b who Mm -hmm. saw gullible people and was like i could say i believe this and trick other people into actually believing this right which i think happens a lot more than people think yeah and it's super easy to spot when you've I've been in the situation where I'm like, I kind of got into one of those situations with, um, mm. I can't even remember what it was. I just had a bad experience talking to somebody. I, I don't think I was ever, because I was an atheist, I didn't believe in this stuff. I think I just right. saw people being harassed by like a, a internet friend I had. And I was like, this is really shitty and I don't want to be shitty like this person. Yeah. Um, and that's just on ADHD and memory loss. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, I, there's some things where I just remember the vague feelings that I have. So. Sorry yeah. in advance for all the episodes. I'm like, I kind of remember something, but I don't know if it's true or not. Something kind of happened, you know. On a on a lighter note of that, I, a, a a friend of a friend of mine just went viral because uh, somebody posted one of those things that had those like freezy pops, you know, the colorful ones that are just like a stick. Yeah. Uh, and the caption was, "What do you call these?" And this person quote tweeted it and just made something up. They were like Flingo Jingos, and people believed that and like retweeted it. Like, who calls them this? And it was like nobody. They made it up. Yeah, and you fell for it. That is, and that happens so much on the internet. I love when that happens because it's always so funny. Because mm-hmm. I can always spot and be like, "That's funny that they trick these people into thinking that." That's a lot less uh, nefarious than making people worship Severus Snape. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not encourage that. But I I've always wanted to like I don't know make some dumb shit up on the internet and see who believes it. Mm-hmm. But then I I stop myself because I'm like I don't want to be mean. Yeah, you, there's a fine line between like Lingo Dingos or whatever uh-huh. and making <laughs> and a religion, worshiping Severus Snape, and then neglecting your children. Yeah. <laughs> so they were all married. IRL, but since Snape and his wife's relationship existed on the astral plane, it was okay. Yes, so they had real-life husbands. Um, but since, you know, Snape didn't have a corporeal form, I guess, it was fine. And I guess they were a little bit, like, not polyamorous. What's the word for when you... Polygamy? Yeah, polygamy is the marriage of multiple people. Polyamory is just yes. being in relationships with multiple people. Right. 
I guess they were sort of polygamist with Snape. Yeah, that that would be the most accurate description, unless they were uh-huh. like, unless they had multiple relationships outside of the, these uh, legal marriages. I would right. say. I don't know. It's it's very muddy waters on that. Yeah, I don't know that live journal marriage vows constitute a binding legal relationship with uh, anybody on any plane other than this one. No, I think that it's the real slippery slope right there. Everything else uh-huh. has been pretty cool up until that point. Yeah, which uh, I would love to have our friend Pom on the podcast, who is a lawyer and also super involved in fandom, uh, because when you get into trying to... Uh, when you get into the topic of fandom and law and fan fiction and law, especially, it gets super interesting. Yeah. But uh, there are... that'll be a future episode. Yeah, there are a lot of very interesting things, like early, um, early fan fiction stuff that got into big trouble and you had to put certain disclaimers at the beginning of fan fictions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very, very interesting. So... And there's still so much gray area with law and the internet, even nowadays. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, law is gray area. That's that's the whole thing about. That's true. That's that's like entirely it. But uh, what the fuck's this next part? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so some of them claimed that Snape would inhabit their husbands' bodies, and this is how they were intimate with their quote master. Okay, I, I mean. <laughs> Uh, in in a theoretical lifetime where I was married to a Snape worshiper, a Snape wife, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wanted to ha- have relations with my Snape wife, wife, I would like you know what Snape's all up in this tonight, honey. It's your time. Let's uh, <laughs> let's have a good one. And I would just kind of roll with it because you know I'd, I'd be yeah, the supporting I mean, husband up until uh, up until the point? institutionalizing point you know yeah yeah and i mean you could have worse kinks yeah i you know role play is a thing i i get it yeah it's i hope that the husbands consent to this and they weren't just like after after a roll in the hay with their husbands like yeah snape is all up in you tonight honey and the, the husband's like snape. husband's like what are you fucking talking about <laughs> like what are you talking about <laughs> I, I and I just the theoretical where that's the best sex that the husband ever had with his wife that just makes me really sad too at the same time. Uh, just... I have to feel bad for those husbands. Yeah. Like imagine having to compete with an um, with a fictional character with your own partner. You like getting getting proxy cucked by Alan Rickman <laughs> is my nightmare. Just in general. Honestly. That I can't, can't compete. I can't. It's not possible. Right. It's Alan Rickman or Tom Hiddleston. Exactly. Like all of the Tumblr sexy men. And what am I supposed to do in that situation? Nothing. Right. Nothing I can do. Which... All you have to do is be like, I gotta practice my Alan Rickman voice. As an aside, that's all jokes. I, I don't kink shame. That's you know, if if that's yeah. your thing, if if that's your thing, have fun with it. Uh, the only all issue we hearted here. <laughs> yeah. The only issue I really have with it is like if it's not consensual and they right. like if it's something that the husband has to play into specifically to get the romance and attention that they need in a relationship that that's when you get into like a bad position and that yeah. this is a very serious discussion where it's like if you have to bend over backwards to receive affection from your spouse it's right. not good it's you're not in a yes. good situation even if it's as outlandish as your spouse is making you compete with a fictional character on the astral plane. Yeah, it, it it sounds like a joke, but it's it's very like that's an actual serious thing that I'm sure has come up. Absolutely. So yeah, the fall of Snape wifeism sort of happened when their community was found by like the larger Harry Potter community, and they they reposted their live journal entries on like a bigger Harry Potter live journal. Uh, and people were just going off, you know, making fun of them. Uh, big flame wars were happening. Uh, the Snape wives weren't super bothered. They were like, well, you guys just don't even have any imaginations. You know, they were like, I feel bad for you guys that you're not married to Snape. Uh, but eventually, you know, this got to be a, a blight on the community and then around the same time one of the big name fans um left to worship a character from ncis 
and this was highly controversial because Snape is the one true god. So after that, it just sort of became, you know, something I think people did off the internet. Was the, the goth girl on NCIS? Because I could see that happening if she was. I, I can get behind that. Um, I don't watch any of the uh, CIS shows. I gotta look it up now. If she's NCIS goth, goth chick, yeah, it pops <laughs> up. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Abby, Abby. I have never heard of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you haven't seen? Oh yeah, she's actually super cool. Let me see. Um, she's like the one of the best loved crime fighters on TV, which is a true statement. Um, Abby Scioto. Oh, I I stand. Yeah, she's super cool. Um, like I've seen this woman. I just didn't know this was NCIS. She wait a second. Airing on Tuesday, May eighth. After fifteen years, when was this posted? Twenty eighteen. So she wow. started being that character in two thousand and three. Holy shit. Anyways, wow. yeah. If if they left to worship her, I would accept it. If not, then I get why they got mad. I believe it was a male That's character. boring. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, like of all the characters you could worship, some dude on NCIS uh, no. would not be my first pick. Also, sorry, Abby super fans, if I couldn't pronounce her last name. I uh, I truly apologize. It's, it's hard for me to read. <laughs> yeah, we have ADHD. Um, here's a fun question. If you had to, uh, worship a pop culture figure, uh, who would you pick? I think it would, you know, it's, it's tough because I was thinking about Captain America, but then I started thinking about the Flash and like I said, I love speedsters. Um, they're super cool. I also really like Superman as a, what, what is it called? It's like an archetype of the, uh, omnipowerful superhero that has to deal with like the fact that they're omnipowerful and holding back against people that aren't. And, like, the show mm. Invincible, show and comic Invincible are really good about... I just started watching that yesterday. Have you finished the first episode? Because I don't want to spoil anything, but... I have, Okay, yeah. the first episode is really good. <laughs> yeah, and it was. it gets better the whole time. I think the animation could be a little better, but overall it's yeah. a very good show. Uh, I'm always super critical of animation stuff, though. Me too. I'm I'm the type of person who, if I don't like the art style of a of a animated show, I can't watch the show. Yeah. Like I can't. I hate to say it, but I can't watch BoJack Horseman as much as people recommend it to me. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I it's that's a weird one too because like so much of it is sight gags on like you have to like it's not just a show you can sit and listen to. You have to like see what the characters are to get some of the yeah. jokes. Yeah, somebody um, was like, why don't you just listen to BoJack Horseman? And I was like, I mean, that's a lot of, like, ifs and yeah. workarounds just to consume yeah. a show. Yeah, a lot of... And now knowing that it, it relies on being able to see what's going on, it's like, that's not going to work. Yeah, that's a problem for, like, other people to figure out. Uh, yeah. But if I had to choose, I guess it would be just this, the Flash um because I, like I said, I'm a big fan of speedsters. They like they they grace that line between being the Superman, omni powerful, and the Captain America, um, regular guy who gets kind of powerful. Uh, and they they tap into the Speed Force, like in DC Comics, is an omnipresent um, universal force. Really? Yeah, it, it's very cool. So that's a cool like lore thing. Yeah. So, I was gonna say, how do you feel about Sonic the Hedgehog? He's also like a speedster, <laughs> so I, yeah. I'm a big fan because it's definitely not. He's not doing that all on physical ability. It, there's no way he's got spaghetti legs. It's, yeah. It, it's impossible. Right. It, he has the same lightning uh, effects that speedsters have in a lot of stuff. Um, and it, another fun thing about speedsters is that each one has a different like color to their speed force. Interesting. Um, and in the CW show, and I think in the comics as well. Uh, Barry Allen and his wife Iris West, uh, part of the one of the later seasons, they have a child together. And because Iris West was at one point, or like for literally one episode of Speedster, she had her own energy color. And their child that came from the future has like a mix of the parents' colors and then her own color as a Speed That's Force. Cute. It's super cute and I love it. Um, it's very cool. It's I love the CW Flash. I love the CW Arrowverse in general, except for Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard terrible things about that show. Arrow is like an okay show, but it spawned the Legends of Tomorrow and uh, The Flash and unfortunately Batwoman, which is also a terrible show from what I've heard. Mm, um, dang. But like, if you just watch uh, the cool shows, uh, like Supergirl is pretty good too. Um, but a lot of them run into the issue of like, they're running out of budget steam so that the effects get yeah. worse. 
but that, that's a... that's unfortunate your pick is so wholesome though like yeah. i don't know who i would pick because i'm so drawn to villain characters um but then i feel like i don't want to worship a villain yeah that's I just that's the problem with the snape wives <laughs> it's yeah it's it... like i'm super into the darkling right now from shadow and bone uh just because i'm a villain fucker like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get it i like watched the show an... i get it yeah i'd like to do an episode about that too because in recent years there's been so much discourse about like enemies to lovers storylines yeah and i get it but it's so as a villain fucker it's so annoying to me it's like people are like um i like enemies to lovers but not when it's toxic and i'm like then you like rivals to lovers yeah like, exactly a that's it's that, a different trope um yeah but yeah the if you haven't watched shadow and bone that's what it's called right the series yeah yeah am i wait is that the title of the netflix series shadow and bone yes okay so the book series is called uh i think they just call it the grisha verse which is funny because the grisha is just like russian for greg yeah. Um, which is that's the only discourse that I've seen from it. <laughs> it's like, that why did she call it the up. Greg Force? What's going on? I think it's because in the in the series in the novels, uh, the first uh, guy who could use those powers was called like Gregory, basically. Yeah, it, it and makes sense. And so they sense. just shortened it. But uh, it's just really funny. It, it's, to it's a funny think of calling them Greg. It is a funny. Um, <laughs> coincidence but it's like also looking at like the baptist church it's named after john the baptist it, you know yeah. it, it's the same sort of thing and it is exactly. uh it's a super cool like russian um setting and i really like like that we've gotten completely off topic we might cut this whole part out who knows uh, yeah <laughs> i'll figure it out as i go or we'll leave this it is in. what happens when i take adderall before we podcast yeah, I, this is what happens when i don't take adderall uh i don't have a prescription to it yet so hopefully i can get it and we can be on the same level yeah um, but now we're going to enter the, the closing statements presented by friend of the show, Dr. Phil and filler words. He's not, a, he doesn't know he's a friend of the show yet and he hopefully never will. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to be involved you know, in it that much, but <laughs> as, I, I love Dr. Phil in like a strange, uh, sort of, uh, I love Dr. Phil in a weird way where I recognize that he's a, a problematic figure but just something about his aura and the way he presents himself is so funny and fascinating to me. And the type of people that he draws in is just, he's sort of like a Guy Fieri type figure. Yeah, he's like evil Guy Fieri. Yeah. Yeah. So That's exactly it. And I, he fascinates me. I have two selected from these ones that you've sent me. Some of them are yes. like, in this one, uh, there are a few, like most of them are like nice and they're sensible statements, but in order in this one that you've sent me, uh, comment goes, you look like Pablo Escobar. I don't that see the, I don't one. see the picture. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but I'm assuming he's dressed up like Pablo Escobar in the picture. Um, this was, that's funny because this was a picture of him in the hospital room when his first child was being born that uh so this was a picture of younger dr phil that makes who no fucking apparently sense. looked like pablo escobar to this person i guess mark. okay uh run your fingers through that sweet stash for me boo <laughs> and then Incredible. the cream of the crop is an image the the user profile picture is a photoshopped adam sandler image and it just says dr phil is a doctor amazing which is just not true it's just That's it's simply just a false statement. it's just a false statement he could look like pablo escobar he does have a sweet stash he, he is, is not he's a not a doctor not anymore at least i don't know if he was ever i don't know i don't know the lore i don't know the dr phil lore i believe <laughs> it was revoked because of um some kind of controversy i don't i don't i don't remember yeah fully. we're not gonna spread any accidental dr phil slander who knows what will happen yeah um <laughs> you're right thank you so much burn for presenting the snape wives thank uh, you for joining me and and getting some fandom education this is a wild ride already this is our like our other episodes are kind of chaotic this one goes all over the place it, yeah. even with editing it's going to be pretty crazy it's also good luck editing i this one. i don't need luck we'll, i just sit through it and it comes out pretty decent in the end 
Um, you're right. You're a skilled editor. I'm not gonna doubt your um, your. Thank you for saying that. I literally started editing podcast when I edited the first episode of this one. So no way. Knowing that I did something well on the first try emboldens me to keep doing it. You absolutely did because I was afraid I was gonna sound like a fool, and uh, you made me sound like I knew what I was talking about. I did want to pose this one last question that I forgot about until just now. Okay. Uh, and if we already answered it, we can just edit this out. But where can we draw the line between folklore and pop culture? Like, what? That's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, that, I think that's a good final thought because I have no idea. I, I think we'll yeah. leave that as, a, as an end point here and we'll go into, we'll, we'll see you later. Uh, my God, that doesn't make any sense. But well, and we'll leave in, we'll go in, we'll go into going out and leaving the podcast. Holy shit! Uh, we'll leave you with that question to ponder. Uh, if we have a platform where you can leave comments, leave us your comments on uh, what you think about this topic, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Toby, for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna. We're gonna go through some of the end credit stuff. Uh, we have music now for our intro and outro. Thank you so much to my good friend, uh, Chris Spectrum Branch. He is, uh, he made this song for me five years ago when I started streaming. Wow. And it, I use it for loopings and stuff, and I have the legal right to use it. So <laughs> I, I, we're, it, it fits this podcast so well. Um, so thank you so much for that, Chris. And you can find his music at Midnight Laboratory on Spotify. And it's a lot of very, very chill beats and cool stuff. A lot of experimental things. Um, thank you to... Who can we thank for all this information? Um, Snape. Snape. Yeah, thanks Snape for spawning all this <laughs> bullshittery. Um, thank you to the fan lore wiki again. And uh, the hobby drama subreddit has a lot of... Uh, good information and links to help me research these podcasts so go check those out and thank you Acast for being our uh podcast release platform finally it is hopefully set up by the time we do this if not we'll we'll do that later um but we will be launching all of our podcasts through Acast, which has other great shows like dungeons and daddies and other ones but that's one i've been listening to the most lately is dungeons and daddies hosted by dungeons and daddies. it's so good you have to listen to it it's it's uh, a very good D&D podcast. I um, absolutely will. I'm always looking for new D&D uh, media. It's so good. So we'll play our outro music now, and we'll see you next time. Bye!